0: You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today, I have Mark Hirschberg on the line, and Mark is the author of the Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You, because- They don't teach us the important stuff Um, from tracking criminals and terrorists on the dark web to creating marketplaces and new authentication systems. Mark has spent his career launching and developing new ventures at startups and Fortune 500s and in academia. He helped to start the undergraduate practice opportunities program dubbed MIT's Career Success Accelerator, where he teaches annually. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming on the show. I'm super excited to speak with you today.
1: Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, just before we hit record, we had a very in-depth conversation about, you know, your new your book and all of the great stuff that's in it, and there were some a few things that I wanted to pull out from your book, um, because I feel like a lot of people struggle with these types of things. And so what I want to get into is communication. Let's just start there, right? So a lot of people struggle with communication. Are there any things, well, first of all, what does communication mean to you? And then also what types of tips can people utilize to be better communicators?
1: Great question. Now, my book has 10 chapters Each one is a different skill, and communication is one of those skills. Now, communication, as you note, it's a really broad topic. You can read a dozen different books on communication, all talking about very different things. Does communication mean you can stand up and give that TED talk and come across as this perfect presenter? Does it mean you can write really concise emails? Does it mean you provide convincing, compelling arguments? There's all different ways we can communicate. In my book, because I only have a chapter to really get to the fundamentals for each of these particular skills, I got down to what's the fundamental need, fundamental challenge in communication, and that is to get the ideas in my head into your head. And this is where a lot of people trip up. Let's just use a really simple example. We are all familiar with left brain, right brain people. I want you to imagine for a moment someone who is extremely left-brained. If you watch the Big Bang Theory, one of those guys. Now imagine someone who is extremely right-brained. You have to pitch an idea. Would you pitch it the same way to both of those people? I can see you're shaking your head no. Right, we would use a very different approach. And we go, okay, yeah, this makes sense. In fact, the world is a little more complicated than left-brain, right-brain but it's the same idea. It's recognizing how can we break down and model people in different ways to communicate. And here's why this matters. Imagine I'm going to France to give a talk. Now, I unfortunately don't speak French, so I'm gonna have to speak English. Everyone in the audience will speak English, otherwise why are they attending? (laughs) But their native language might be French. So as they listen to me, they are going to sit there and translate in their heads from English into French, and then focus on the idea but they have to pay that little mental tax they have to do that translation it's like having 10 percent of your computer's cpu busy doing something not what you want it to do if however i can speak french well then it's a hundred percent their language and they just focus completely on the ideas so if i am speaking to someone who's very left-brained or right-brained or the more complex models we get into in the book and i'm not using their models i'm not speaking their language I'm forcing them to pay the tax, and it's harder for them to focus on the idea. So by understanding how people think, we can better communicate, whether we're on that TED Talk stage or just writing an email or having a conversation at the water cooler, it makes us more effective.
0: And, you know, it's funny that you mean, because it reminds me of the five love languages, right? If you're not speaking the right languages, then your message, it doesn't matter how well intentioned it is, it will not get over to your audience. So I think that I never thought about it in terms of just regular communication, right? Um, And so now like that just sparked something in my brain, because I'm like, huh, that's very interesting. Because even if you look at um, Myers-Briggs, for instance, Um, if you have an extreme extrovert and an extreme introvert, your messaging should be kind of different for those people because it's not going to be the same. You know, they can take it different ways depending on how you say it. So that just um, (laughs) like my mind is like, I never thought about that. Um, But definitely making sure that you are speaking other people's language when you're trying to communicate and not just figuratively. <laughs>
1: that's, that's exactly right. And the love languages as a really great analogy, it's the same concept, but in the, in the business world
0: hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let me just we're going to stay here for just a moment because I just want to kind of cement this idea. And, you know, if people weren't familiar with the love languages and things like that. Um, so how would a communication look different between an extreme right brain and an extreme left brain? Can you give me like a quick example?
1: Sure. If I want to pitch an idea and you are a very left brain person, I am going to have a very organized, logical, detailed plan. You can imagine here's my 27 slide PowerPoint presentation. Here's point number one, subpoint A, followed by subpoint B and C, and it's gonna be ordered and planned. If I'm pitching that to that extreme right brain person, I'm gonna lose you on slide two. You're gonna go, oh my god, a PowerPoint slide and you've got seven points and three subpoints on each, this is my nightmare. Instead, I'm going to give you some compelling story. I'm going to give you some imagery. I'm going to give you this idea. I'm going to sell you emotionally rather than here's a logical step-by-step plan. Now, again, this is a toy example where mm-hmm. we're taking some extremes, but if you get that concept that we have to use a very different approach, not just, oh, I used French versus English, but no, I use a totally different approach, different structure, different tools. There aren't any slides when I'm pitching that right brain person. So we're going to convey the ideas through different almost channels metaphorically for all these different people.
0: Yes. And, you know, it also goes to knowing your audience too, like knowing who you're talking to and who you're trying to convey that message to. And so that kind of segues us kind of perfectly into our next conversation I wanted to hit on, which is networking. Um, A lot of times when I'm talking to people, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm a horrible networker. I don't really like networking. I don't know how, (laughs) you know, that type of thing. So when it comes to networking, what are some points or key takeaways you go over in the book?
1: The mistake people make in networking is they misunderstand what it's about. Now, each of my chapters, there is a mental shift, how to look at it differently, and then there are concrete, specific things you can do to get better. Let's look at what that mental shift is for networking. Because people think, okay, well, networking, we go to a conference, and my salesperson, she is amazing, she walks into the room, and 30 minutes later, she's talked to 20 people, comes back with all these business cards, wow, I can't do that, she's a master networker. Well, she's a master at collecting business cards. You used love languages before, so here's the analogy I like to use, we're gonna use another love one. Mm-hmm. Saying you've got business cards from 20 people or you've added all these people to your LinkedIn profile, that's like saying the person I just swipe right on on Tinder is now my significant other. Like, oh look, we swipe right, we're getting married. Like, no, you're not, you've shown some mutual interest but now you have to build that relationship, which, of course, is dating. Just because you added someone on LinkedIn, that doesn't mean you have a relationship. You've shown some mutual interest, where it's online with LinkedIn or it's a business card. But now you have to build the relationship. And that means getting to know someone. Now, it's not dating in the business world, but it is a phone call. It's meeting for coffee and we all know how to do this. We can meet people one-on-one. We can talk to people one-on-one. We get scared when it's that room of 500 people and it feels overwhelming, especially if you're an introvert. And I'm actually a natural introvert, but recognize that's just a place you can meet lots of people, but you can meet people one-on-one. First, you can just meet them one-on-one. You and I just had a conversation. We're getting to know each other. There's not 498 other people here. So we're starting to get to know each other. You can meet people one-on-one. But that relationship building, whether you meet them at a big conference or individually, you're going to build that relationship one-on-one. And we all know how to make a friend. We all know how to build a relationship. So shift your mentality from, I have to go collect all these business cards or add all these people online to, "Hey, I want to meet you and just get to know you. And when you do that, it is much more tractable. Even for those of us who get a little overwhelmed in large crowds.
0: Yes. And I will also say, like, I've been in rooms like network because I love networking. Right. But I've been in networking, you know, events where it's hundreds of people. And maybe the entire night I only speak to like two. Right. I'm still happy because I'm like, oh, like these are like solid connections that I just made. And it's not just going around. And and this is one thing that I hate people (laughs) when people do at networking events is when they're like focused on themselves, right? And so it's like, oh, let me tell you about what I do and let me tell you, and let me, you know, push my card over to you, you know, that type of thing. And it always comes off as it's all about me. And so, you know, that kind of turns people off too. So it's like, um, and I don't know if you've experienced that as well, um, or if it's just me,
1: but. (laughs) Very much so. The most popular topic in the world is me. Everyone loves talking about me, obviously on a relative basis, not me, Mark. People love talking about themselves. Now, we can use this in building relationships because when we meet, I'm going to shift the focus on you as much as I can. I'm not going to talk about me, but of course, you, if you're good at networking, you're going to try to shift the focus on me and hopefully it will be balanced. But when I ask you to talk about you. And I don't say, Tiffany, tell me all about you. I ask, where do you work? Where are some of the challenges you're facing? What are you looking forward to now that COVID is moving from pandemic to endemic? I'm asking about you. You get to talk about your favorite topic and you do that with me there. You think I had such a great conversation with Mark. We talked about all my favorite topics, me, (laughs) and you build that warm feeling. So really focus on the other person. I also, I don't like to talk about me because I already know all about me. And if during that conversation, I just talk about me, I didn't learn anything new. But if we talk about you, I'm gonna learn something new.
0: Absolutely. And that's a gem right there, (laughs) y'all. If you didn't take anything else from this conversation, um, if you do network and you are trying to build relationships, shift the focus, shift the focus off of you onto the other person and you'll have better results. You know, me and Mark, we just, we just told you this, like we're proving it to you. Um, You can definitely have better results if you just shift the focus. Um, Also, I wanted to get into, so now we've talked about communication. We've talked about networking. So what about groups? Like, why do people feel the need to have to be in groups? Why is it beneficial for us to be in groups?
1: With groups, we can do more, we can go further. There's that old parable, if you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go in a group. In fact, that's particularly important for these skills. Now, the 10 skills in my book, these are the skills that companies have said we want in our employees, the ones we want to hire for but can't find. And they also happen to be the same skills you need if you want to build your own business. If you're doing your own company, you better know how to network. You better know how to negotiate, how to lead. But here's the thing about these skills. They are very different than how we have traditionally learned. If you think back to high school and college, the teacher was up at the front and she said here's a quadratic equation memorize it here's how to use it or your history teacher said here are the dates of world war ii and wrote it down mm-hmm. okay that works fine to have a teacher just tell you this and you write it down there is no formula for leadership there are no dates to remember for communication it's not simple memorization this would be more akin to let's say learning a sport i often use basketball as an analogy I can tell you the rules of basketball, but that doesn't mean you're ready to play basketball. We can tell you what to do in networking, but it doesn't mean, okay, now, done. You're an expert networker. You have to practice. What do we do when we learn a sport? We scrimmage, we drill, we might even watch the tape and reflect. So we want to do these same things when developing these skills. How do we do that? Create peer learning groups. Now on my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com, on the resources page, there is a free download for how to do this in your organization, and we'll talk about how to do it on your own. I recommend creating groups of about six to eight people, but you can do larger groups if you want. Within this group, you want to engage with some content. So let's say you take my book, you read a few pages of it, and then we discuss, and we talked about communication. And you're going to get something out of those few pages that I didn't get. But in that discussion, you're going to bring it up. I say, wow, Tiffany, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Someone else in the group, he's going to say, you know what? I've got this challenge. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I want to communicate. And we're going to say, well, here are my thoughts. Here's what I would do. That's our chance to scrimmage, to practice. Because I can't mm-hmm. go to my team and go, hey, I'm going to try some new communication thing, totally screw it up, and say, OK, forget all those bad things I just did. Doesn't work that way. But in this small group, we can give each other advice and practice and think about. Someone else, she could say, oh, I had a similar situation. Here's what worked, here's what didn't. That's like watching the tape. So in this small group, we get to develop and practice these skills. Now I mentioned you can use my book and yes, you can. But if you don't wanna use my book, use a different book, use an article, a video, use a great podcast like this one. If you wanna get better at your personal finance, Do that same group. You're going to first keep each other, hold each other accountable. Hey, have you been hitting your savings goals this week? Oh no, you haven't, okay, I gotta do better. Or ideas, I found this really good technique, I found this good app, whatever. You're gonna share these ideas and help and support each other, and that's going to help you go further. So you wanna create these groups. Now, within your organization, there's a free download on my website, your HR group, your leaders, you if you are one, you can do this, you can get your whole team to do it. And by the way, when you do this at an organization, you get a number of benefits. Obviously, you upskill everyone. You also create better employee engagement. Today, we're all hearing about the great resignation. People are saying, you, you don't care about me. This thing we do, in fact, we want you to get better. You are creating internal networks. We talked about networking, building relationships within your company is so important. Not just people on your team, but throughout the company. This helps because I recommend these teams be cross-functional, not just everyone from engineering's in a group and sales in a group, but people from different groups. And then you also build a common language because you now all have the same analogies and stories and ideas so you can quickly reference it. If you are not part of a big organization, maybe you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, you have a small business, go find others like that. Create a local meetup group if you don't even know others. And then within that group, create these organizations and you get the same benefit. So I very much recommend group learning for these types of skills.
0: Oh my gosh, you said so many gems. <laughs> In that little spiel, um, because I don't know if you all are watching me like on the YouTube version, I'm like nodding my head off <laughs> right now, like the whole time he was talking, because as you know, my background is in HR and this is fact. Everything that he's saying is fact in organizations. If you have a group of people like that's why they have peer resource groups and things like that now is because when you have a community, it's easier to learn things. It's easier to share out ideas. Ideas. Um, I know in my last HR job um, before I left that career, um, I created a book club at my company because and what we would do, we would all read the same book, just like you were saying, um, that was related to our company, related to business, and we would just share out different ideas and we even created new projects and new things that the company could use moving forward. And so there's power, so much power and getting together with like minded individuals and other people that are on the same type of journey and wavelength that you are um, in order to, you know, to ingest and share out different ideas and just improve on what you already know or what you think, you know, you know, Um, it's you says so many gems in that. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Go ahead.
1: No, no. So if you didn't get all that, go rewind and listen to it again, because this is really important. It's going to give you a great tool To help you develop going forward.
0: Absolutely. And I can even say, just as an entrepreneur, there's other black female entrepreneurs, and we get together and we chat and we talk and we, you know, help each other and build each other. Um, And I feel like it's just important to have. A good network for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish and meet. It's like going back to the networking component and the communication component, you know, you have to nurture those relationships too. And part of nurturing those relationships is maybe building this little group like, you know, me and a couple of other of my business owner friends, you know, last year we were like, All right. We were all on a a call and we were like, you know what, guys, we're going to have a contest next year. And the contest is whoever can make it to 100K first wins. And so it's like we we can do these little, you know, competitions and do different things to kind of motivate all of us, you know, to do different things and do better. So I highly recommend, highly recommend um, getting with some groups. And I do have a meetup if you all are (laughs) interested. So definitely check that out. Um, I do have a meetup, um, but I, it's so important, so important, so important, because we don't know everything.
1: <laughs> exactly. I wrote the book on this, but it doesn't mean I know everything about these topics. I could spend a lifetime. I won't know everything about these. We all continue to learn.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mark. This just like filled my entire being this morning. <laughs> So if people were interested in learning more about your book, learning more about you, how would they find you? You can go to
1: my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. There you can see where to buy the book, Amazon, other places. You can get in touch with me, whether just to ask a question, to book me for speaking. You can follow me on social media. I put out new articles every week. There is a free app as well. If you go to the app page, it will link to the Android and iPhone stores where you can download the free app, where you get a lot of the advice in the book to help you bear retain it. And then the resources page I mentioned, the very first download is that development program. There's a number of other free resources you can download from my site or that I link to. All of this is at thecareertoolkitbook.com.
0: Yes, and if you didn't get all of that, don't worry, because it will be in the show notes. You can always click on the show notes, um, or if you're on the blog article, you can catch all of those links there. But I love Mark's website and app um, because I did play around with it and it's so much information and the best part is he doesn't even have an email gate on there so he's not trying to just collect your information he's actually giving you some good tools and resources to take on your journey so thank you again Mark for coming on the show today you dropped so many gems and I know it will help so many people thanks for having me on all right have a good one bye